Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. But uh, so I just want to say thanks for being here. And this series that we're in, before we start today, we're going to talk about Jesus and we're in a series called Who is Jesus? And so the whole point we're doing is taking the clips from The Chosen and we're going to talk about it just a little bit. But um, today we're going to have this, Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is healing. And um, so that could be a number of different ways. So, and I'm not going to, I don't have the time today to try to break down what probably everyone in this room has a question about concerning healing. It's just, first of all, I'm not God, so I can't handle, I, I don't have all the answers, number one. Let's just get that uh, kind of settled, right? So, number two, uh, everyone has a different thing that they're probably thinking about right now. Uh, we all have different circumstances. Some have victories. Some feel like they don't have victories. Some feel like they didn't understand this or they do understand that. I mean, I've been around both extremes where I've been around people who they think they know everything there is to know about this and can tell you all you need to know about it. And they have no, absolutely zero flaws in it whatsoever. They are 100% correct on their theology. And uh, I always tell when people get that way to me, so adamant about this subject and topic. And I say, well, I wish you would come with me and walk with me down the hospitals that I go to and be with the families that I've been with and have the conversations I've had with people, and then tell me how I'm... Then you, then you come and teach it, then after that. Because um, it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, it, and I'm just being real with you, okay? I believe 100% and the Lord can heal. <laughs> I've seen miracles. I've seen God do amazing things that are unexplainable. Doctors verified say there is no explanation for this whatsoever. I've also seen miracles where people have prayed for people, and they go on to be with Jesus, and ask great questions like, why, why, why? And I've told people before, hey, listen, you're not in their shoes. You don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. You know, can you imagine what it'd be like if you were sick in your body, tired, fighting stuff, had enough needles poked in you, enough IVs run through you, enough, pr- and then you doze off a little bit, but you're not all the way, you know, you're asleep. But you, you teeter-totter just a little too far, and you get a glimpse of glory. Now, let me ask you a question. What are you going to choose? Now, some people fight through it all. That's fine. But I don't blame anybody for getting a peek into glory and go like, oh, whoa. And lay down this and move on to that. And and I'll just tell you this. The other thing I'll just say before moving on. I'm not going to try to answer all these questions. But number three, um, every one of us are going to meet the Lord one day. Anyway. So no sense in fighting over it. Uh, people want prayer. We want to pray and trust God and believe God. Uh, but I don't know everybody's situation, okay? I know what the Bible says. We're going to talk about it today. However, uh, I'm not the healer. Let's just get that straight, too. Who's the healer? Jesus is the healer. And that's something that, you know, is hard for people to get sometimes. Like, no, we, no, Jesus is the healer. We're, we're vessels. We pray for people. We're not healers. I mean, you know. Anyway, so... Who is Jesus? Jesus is healing. So um, as we're going through these series, uh, again, if you're here, um, you know this already, but these aren't being streamed. We can't stream these. There's too many um, things with YouTube and whatever else is out there uh, grabbing stuff. The Chosen has been great. They're very generous and have given us the permission to use all this stuff that we're using. This is totally, you know, by a gift from an organization that, that helps fund this. 
But as far as YouTube and everybody else, they have their own little algorithms, and so the computers, thank you AI, you know, right, kick us off. So anyway, there you go. So you'll just have to stick with it live and uh, ask, ask some friends what happened, okay? So make sure I had all my, uh, I told you all my announcements real quick before I move on. I think I did. Yes. All right, good. So uh, let's look at, real quick, one verse of Scripture, Luke 4, verse 16, and we're going to show a couple of clips today. Um, well, I showed you the first one already, but um, to see the picture of Jesus healing and I do think that's probably similar to what it might have been like. Lots of times when he did this, he did this stuff on the Sabbath day. Now, for us, uh, we talk about here some, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It is the Lord's day, right? Six days a man should work, seventh is the Sabbath unto the Lord. Six days the Lord created the heavens and the earth, seventh day he rested. If God has to rest, we ought to rest. And that's hard for us if you're a type A personality like me. That's a bit difficult because you try and rest and your mind is saying, well, we could be doing something. <laughs> like, so I've had to figure out how that looks. And one of the best... Pieces of advice someone gave me was um, if a man who works with his mind, he ought to Sabbath with his hands, and a man who works with his hands ought to Sabbath with his mind. means that, you know, if you work in a mental, uh, you know, stressful, where it, you're straining your mind all week long, it's just, you're so, ugh. so when you're done, do something with your hands. Go, go fishing, go play golf, go build something, go, go plant flowers. It is, it's therapeutic because you're not, in that sense, you are not working. You understand? We live in our, in our field as a pastor. We, a lot of office work, emails, all that kind of stuff, phone calls, whatever. Our pastor would tell us, he said, listen, uh, here's how you Sabbath as a pastor. You don't answer email one day a week. You don't answer the phone one day a week. You let it go. Well, yeah, but what if? Well, what if has to be taken up by the rest of the team? And everybody rotates so that there, there's a way to make it happen. But if you don't do what God's asking you to do, how can you ask anybody else to do what you, you see what I'm saying? So for me, so planting flowers, digging, doing work on our farm, to me, that's a bit therapeutic. You may think, well, that's work. It's not for me because I don't do that all week long. Now, if, if you planted flowers all week, the last thing you probably want to do is your day off is go plant more. <laughs> so maybe for you, it's reading a book or doing something else. I don't know. Maybe you want to. You're creative, you want to paint or build. I don't know, but I'm just saying, man who works with his mind, Sabbath with his hands. Man who works with his hands, Sabbath with his mind. Just remember that, okay? But Jesus on the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man, right? Remember that? God gave it to us. He, he didn't make it for rules, regulations to be heavy laden on you, so you have one more thing to think about. Oh my goodness, here we go. Now I gotta. It was meant to be a refreshment for us. God gave it to you. So, I say that. Because Jesus on the Sabbath did most, not most, but many miracles and things, I think to demonstrate and to remind them and maybe to us that the Lord wants to heal, refresh, and have us kind of reset. If we're just coming to church as a, what do you call it, like the, you know, the box where you just check off the box, if that's why we're doing this, we're probably not going to be very refreshed. I should come to, as David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Not as an obligation. Well, I had to go. Well, that probably wasn't fun. I mean, you know, I had to go is like other stuff, you know. Like, I had to go. My friend is doing a, what do they call them, little mixers. I had to go. You didn't want to go. You had to go, you know. Your third cousin, whatever kid is in a play. You don't want to go, and you don't dare say it, 
But they went to something in your family, so now you feel like you have to go. You don't want to be there. And you're thinking, man, I three hours of my life has just been wasted because those props were terrible, those kids can't sing, and whatever. You're like, oh my goodness, why? You don't want to be there. But with the Lord, I'm just telling you, it shouldn't be a checkbox. It ought to be, I want to be in the house of the Lord. So let me read this. Luke 4, this is on the Sabbath day. Luke four sixteen says, he came into Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as <clears throat> was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, if you don't know what a, a synagogue is, it's like a, they had the temple where they went for feasts, festivals, etc., and, 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 and ministry and those kind of things. But these synagogues were all over Israel and all over the known world, wherever Jewish people were at. They were there to meet weekly and have messages, just like what you're doing right now, but they called it a synagogue, okay? The difference between a synagogue and temple, temple was set apart, you know, for the Lord holy to the Lord. So it says, he stands up to read in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up and he said, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. This is what Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now that's important. Let's look at who is the spirit of the Lord upon? Jesus. Now you have a part of that. Yes. He anoints you to do and minister and those things. Yes. But you don't have the fullness. Like we, let me just tell you, you don't. Anybody that says, no, I've got, no, they don't. Be careful with that, okay? No, I'm, no, they're not. <laughs> Just hang out with them long enough. You'll find out how they are not <laughs> that anointed, okay? But all of us have a part, but he has the fullness, okay? So anyway, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives or freedom to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. Now, there's a form, there's a healing right there, but that was a specific messianic miracle that had to be verified by the Messiah. When he did that, that was proof of, you know, who he was. But he says, to set free those who are oppressed. We'll come back to that one. And to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. When he says to set free those who are oppressed, <clears throat> that can refer to a number of things. But healing is one of them. It could be healing physically. It could be healing mentally. It could be healing emotionally. It could be healing from other bondages, addictions, things that have just generational curses, people call them, but technically from the Bible, they're called iniquities. They're things that have gone from one family to, you know, down to the next kid, the next kid, the next kid, and it's still present with you, and you can't figure out, we're just a family of hotheads, or, you know, our families, you know, do the... That's because it just, it trickles down. It's called iniquities. And he says, though, he came to set free those who are oppressed. Uh, in Acts, it says this, that Jesus went about doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. For God was with him and God was on him. He means he anointed him. He went about doing good. Just hear that. Healing's a good thing. The Lord wants to heal. The Lord does heal. There's no doubt about it on his end. It's us that have the hiccups and hang-ups and everything else with all this that that we read about but he definitely wants to to have people free he don't want people to be oppressed there's no fun being a christian let me tell you something it's more fun when you were not a christian and you was involved in junk because it didn't matter you didn't have any pressure but when you become a christian then the holy spirit starts messing with you and convicting you it's no fun when you're still hanging up on stuff and now you got the holy spirit too it's like this great conflict like ah you understand what I'm saying? It was a whole lot easier when he wasn't bothering you. But now he's bothering you, right? But he doesn't do that to condemn you. He's trying to do it to redeem, 
to set you free and to release you from whatever it is that the enemy is trying to put on you. You say, well, can a Christian be oppressed? Yes, they can be oppressed. Of course they can. So Jesus came, though, to set free those who are oppressed, whatever it might be. Healing, you can name it any way you want to name it today, emotionally, physically, in any way. And maybe you don't need a physical healing. That's fine. But maybe there's other kinds of healings that you need. And he did this over and over and over again. If you watch The Chosen, you'll see uh, Mary Magdalene watch and see the expression how they gave to her as to what she was healed from. It's not always physical. I mean, some of you in here right now, it could be emotional. Like, serious emotional wounds, and I ain't trying to be all psychological with you, but it is real. You, You just can't overlook it. And when we become Christians, we, sometimes Christians like do this. We, we say, oh, now we're a Christian. We must not have any issues. We, we got to act right, look right, come to church, like, you know, sit down, right? Everything has to be just on, you know, like I'm on, I'm at church. Yeah. But inside you're like, oh man, if he would just, if I could just, if God would just one thing, wouldn't dare tell anybody because then it would look like we're not perfect, right? And that would mess up the game. But the reality is, the game's not fun if you don't play by the right rules. The game's fun when you give all that stuff to Jesus and say, thank you, Lord, for helping me, and I trust you to help me get through this and, and pray and, and seek the Lord in it. So this is what happened with this guy here we're going to read about today. Um, in, in John chapter 5, I'll put this on the screen for you. This is the story of the man. I showed you the first clip of Jesus healing. He did this on the Sabbath because I wanted you to see one healing there. There's numerous ones they, <clears throat> that's in the Bible. Over and over again, he healed. John wrote this about Jesus, said that if the miracles and the healings and the things that he did were written in books or written down, there would not be enough books in the world to contain what they saw. So when you read this, they're giving you some of the most important things that they felt needed to be pinned down. But there were more things that happened than what you have in your Bible. Jesus did way more than, than that. So anyway, John 5, let's read about This is another healing that took place. And it happened on the Sabbath. So John 5 verse 1 says, After these things there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He went up to Jerusalem. That's where the temple was. That's where a lot of the feasts, the pilgrimages took place. So that's why I tell you it's separate from a synagogue. Synagogue's a meeting place to hear the word. The temple was reserved for sacrifices, for, for you know the pilgrimages and the feasts and all those things. So it says, Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, and I'm explaining this stuff because if you're here and you don't know these things, I don't want you to just, like, what is that for? So I'm sorry if you already know, just bear with me, okay? But the Sheep Gate is just various gates. There was a wall around the city of Jerusalem there. The temple was inside, and there were various gates. The Sheep Gate was, as it demonstrates, where they would bring in the sheep for, the, like, Passover and those kinds of things. But it was called the, the Sheep Gate. All right, so by this Sheep Gate, there was a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So how many people are there? I mean, when it says a multitude, I don't know, but that's a lot of people. Now, I've been there, so if you're imagining, well, the temple is as big as this, Lord mercy, no. This thing is so big, it was considered at the time, uh, I know the seven wonders of the world is what we have, or whatever, I don't remember half of them, this thing it would have been a part of that, you know, uh, that title. Uh, I forget how many football fields across it is, how much, how the width of the thing is just the, the foundation. It is massive. And you could put this 
structure that we have here, uh, you know, you might be able to lay the whole property on top. I can't remember, but it's that big. It is so big. I, I wouldn't doubt one bit. This church, uh, the side, every building we have, you could stick on top of the corner and it wouldn't begin to take up the space. It, it is a massive, massive um, place. And I say that because um, when it says a multitude, you might think, well, if it's as big as this room, then there's probably just 50 people there. It, I don't know how many people were there. It could be hundreds and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have moved anything. So a lot of people. And they're waiting for this moving of this water. It says, For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in the water. Now, let me ask you a question. Going back to the rules, playing a game. Don't you think it would be kind of difficult if you're sick and you can't move and God is stirring up waters and you can't move to get in and somebody jumps in before you? Does that seem fair to you? Let's just be honest. Does it seem fair? It does not seem fair to me. So we're reading here, an angel stirs up this water, but if you can't move, how are you supposed to get? So you never get a shot. It seems completely unfair to me. You may think, well, I can't believe you'd say that. Well, I'm just being honest. So let's keep reading and maybe find out. It says, after the stirring of the water, they stepped in, they were made well from whatever disease which they were afflicted. So woohoo, well, they got it. Well, that's great. What about me? I ain't got no help, so I can't, you know. And this is why I'm this man. So it says, a man was there who had been ill for how long? 38 years. That's a long time to watch somebody jump in before you. When they do a cannonball, boom, now they're healed. Woohoo! Dude, look at me! Yeah, you've only been here five minutes. Yeah, great. That's just great. This guy, 38 years, has watched every other person jump in every time that this angel is supposed to stir the water. And so when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, another question, do you, see, do you wish to get well? This question seems a bit, I love Jesus and I would never, Lord, you know my heart. It, I would be a little like, you won't want to say it, it's okay, I'll say it. Come, are you kidding yeah, I want to be well. But this guy, he seemed to be pretty polite about it, I guess. So the sick man answered him, and maybe he thought Jesus was going to throw him in the water. I don't know. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat or your pallet, and walk. That was his little bed. And immediately the man became well and picked up his bed or his pallet, and he began to walk. Now, it was the Sabbath on that day. Now, I want to show you this, um, this clip, and I, I debated whether to tell you this before um, or after until I got to talking. And I think I'm going to wait till after. Because I want you to see this in light of maybe how we've read these verses of Scripture and just watch the, the film clip by maybe the way that we understand the story, and then talk about this whole thing of him being there for 38 years. Okay, so I don't want to influence your thinking on it, so I just want you to watch it as it is. So let's look at this clip of Jesus healing this man at the pool of Bethesda. So take a look. So that's pretty cool, huh? Can you imagine how many times those kind of things took place with Jesus? And 
was just nothing. Just so simple for him. But I want to share with you a little bit this morning about this, just briefly. And we're going to, we're going to worship some more and just pray. Um, so, Jesus came not just to heal, but to change, you know, mindsets, our thinking on different things. But ultimately, I guess the first thing I want to say is he, he did come for those of us who are sick. Have you ever been sick? You get pretty desperate. Like, you know, I mean, if you can fix it with NyQuil, you, you kind of, I hate to say it, you're not sick. Like, my kids tell me they're sick sometimes. You know? I'm so sick. And, you know, I want to tell you, this little lady over here, like, I love her to the ends of the earth and back. But when it comes to being sick, it, she loves us, but there's not much mercy there. You know what I'm saying? It is like she is serious about, oh, I mean, you know, and listen, I got to say, having three kids, she can say all she wants, okay? She's been through, through it. I've never, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's, but mercy-wise, man, all of us crack up like, mom's just like, she's hardcore, man. <laughs> I don't feel like getting up or nothing. I mean, I've been there, too, you know? She's like, I don't want to get up. I don't think it's that bad. Or, you know, she may not say it in those words, but it's more like, okay, okay, come on. You good? You good? Like, <laughs> it's just, so, anyway. Those kind of things that we've had, they're not that. That's not being sick. That's just a cold. I mean, you know. Sick is when you, you got no hope. But all of us hurt sometimes. You know, it could be physical, like I said, spiritual. It could be emotional. It could be mentally. But Jesus came to heal all of us who are hurting. And this guy sat here all of his life, for the most part of his life. He sat there by this pool. And the interesting thing was there was others there who needed a miracle and a healing also. But Jesus didn't stop for the rest of them. He came for this one guy. Now, I can't explain that to you, all these different things. can't explain to you his decision-making on all of that. I know there's different thoughts about it, but I don't, I'm going to get into all that. My thing is, he healed this young man, or this older man at this time, and in front of this place where many people were healed by this, this pool thing. So the funny thing is about the pool thing is, um, you know, in, in the Scriptures, whichever one you have, and I don't know what version you have, but you'll have to look. And I don't mind saying this, like, so the translators, this is why we go back and study as like preachers and teachers of the word. It's why we do this. And people say, oh, you talk about the Hebrew, you talk about the Greek. It makes it sound smart. It doesn't do that. That's not why we do it. We do it because in the original language and manuscripts, things are written that we have to sometimes interpret or give words for. Because in English, we have a, you know, it, our language doesn't communicate effectively what Hebrew culture and and, and words say, and even in Greek sometimes. Um, especially in some of this stuff where things are also in Aramaic. So it's, in the Gospels, there's a little bit of everything. But there are parts of your Bible that you'll find where the translators felt it would be helpful to add things for context because it didn't make sense, you know. In their culture, it seems to be that this place started out as a probably a holy spot, a place of prayer, a place of worship, whatever. But eventually it became more into like a superstition. It turned into more things like uh, superstitious type stuff, like meaning like, you know, like the, the, the thing that you've heard, like the statue of people somewhere and, and, and the thing starts bleeding. And so, whoo, we got to go there because it's bleeding. 
Man, I ain't going there. There ain't but one that bled for me. I don't need a statue for nothing. Jesus' blood is enough. I don't need the blood on the statue to show me any. Yeah, but it's a miracle. It's not a miracle. Now, what, see what I'm saying now. Now, if you're, if you're thinking of me, and I'm not going to take long with this, but just consider a few things. What are we moved more by? And I'm not about to put down things that have happened in miracles and signs and wonders. I'm not. But can I just throw something out and, and you love me through it anyway? Is it all right? If we go run to a place just cause something's oozing out of something and nothing changes in our life, does that make it a miracle? I mean, if I go run across town or run down the back side of the country, oh, there's something over in South America, and man, there's angels everywhere. Well, that's fantastic. But if you don't come back changed, if people aren't being changed, if nothing happens different in our own lives, is it really a miracle? Like, what is it done? And we have these things that go on all the time in Christianity. And I'm not saying maybe it's for somebody, maybe it's helpful. But what I read about Jesus is when Jesus steps into something, deliverance takes place and healing takes place. And when his signs and wonders take place, somebody's coming out changed. Nobody's coming out going, oh, you should have been there. Wow, the statue was bleeding. What what happened? What What did they preach on? Who got changed? Anybody get saved? Well, no, but it was glorious. Was it really? I know, I see this, it's kind of rubs, but I, when I read this and I started reading the background on this, I thought, how about that? I've read it so many times, an angel stirred the water. So I thought, well, I'm a visual guy, okay? I'm a concrete thinker, okay? Just jumped in like, What's he doing with the angel? Like, what is it? How do you get the, you know, how do you get the water going? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's what I thought. But I always thought this story is so unfair because this guy couldn't get in the water. Someone else jumps in before him and, you know, that's it. You're out of luck. But when you think about this, if it was more superstition and more based on something they believed in moving than what God was doing. And by the way, you won't find this in the scriptures where God ordained a pool to bubble. And that's how you get your healing. You will find places where he says, call on the elders of the church, let them anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith, save sick. If anybody's having any sins, they shall be forgiven. The sick one will be raised up. You will find that. But that's too easy. I mean, there ain't no, there ain't no cool stuff with that. Nobody's feeling nothing. Nobody's got the you know shakes. Nobody's got the oil. Nobody's got the warm fuzzy. Nothing is, we can't see anything. But I'm telling you, that and over there, Miracle. Because they called on the elders. I'm just telling you, I, my, I was there. Seen it. I know. I, it's like nothing oozed, didn't feel nothing. Nothing could, on the outside, nothing changed. But she changed. Miracle. I've seen other people prayed for. Miracles. All I'm saying is this. If we're chasing the thing that looks like it's a miracle. Look at where we're looking. In that pool, everybody's looking down, waiting for that water to bubble. Nobody's looking up at the one that says, lift up your eyes for your deliverance. Where does it come from? From on high, Zion. And when you go to Jerusalem, you know what? Jerusalem is not down. The temple, the place, it is not down in a valley. You've got to look up, man. 
the whole time you're walking up, that you have no choice. It is a constant uphill. I think God wanted us to keep our eyes on him. So anyway, he came from the sick, but this thing was turned out to be more of a superstitious type thing. Over the, So people are focusing more on what's happening versus what did God say. God made promises to everybody, but they were focusing on this pool. And I don't know, maybe people brought people there for the pool. Maybe this guy sitting there long enough, and he heard his illustration. I got nobody to put me in the water. He was, that's his focus was on the water. And I'm just telling you, Jesus is our focus. Jesus doesn't need water to bubble to do a miracle. Jesus doesn't need something running out of a statue to make an appearance. He doesn't need oil. He don't need warm, fuzzy feelings. He don't need angels. He's God all by himself, and he doesn't need anything to perform a miracle. When Jesus shows up, when he walks in, he doesn't need any of the smoke and mirrors. He's enough. I mean, he's just enough. So he comes for the sick, but let me ask you a question this morning. Whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, where do you look for healing? If it's a problem in your marriage going on, if you're stressed out, you look, I mean, he's not on anymore, I don't think Dr. Field, you look for people like that, Dr. Field, these other people like, oh man, they made me feel, or do you look to God? When it's emotions, man, when you feel like, man, I just got all this stuff, I'm just emotionally drained, where do you look to? What fills your cup? Going to figure out what I can do to fill my cup on the outside, do I turn to God? Who do I look for in healing? <clears throat> And is it possible this morning that we all might be looking at some pools, expecting God to work through something we heard someone else say that he did? Remember how many times Jesus did this stuff? He healed some people with mud on their eyes. And then we got people, this is literal, we got people in Christianity that have literally gone around, picked up mud, and put in people's eyes. Now, I'm not, look, if, if God tell them to do it, but here's my thing, what happened to the person after they did it? See, there ain't nothing wrong with asking those questions. I'm just crazy enough to say it, I guess. But there's nothing wrong with asking the questions. Well, Jesus spit in somebody's face or whatever. And there, he put the spittle and it. Okay, and then we got people doing it. Because they think that if I do the one or two things that we see, if I did, if there's water bubbling, well, that's how it's going to happen. And I'm just telling you, God's bigger than water bubbling. He's bigger than spit and bigger than mud. That's Georgia. That come out real good. He's bigger than spit, bigger than mud. You know, if you're not from here, that might have, let me slow down. God is bigger than dirt. <laughs> that was fast. I'm sorry. But he is bigger. He doesn't need all those things. And yes, he did some stuff, but those are for individuals. And I'm just saying, it's not a repeat rinse type thing with God. He's still big enough to do things without all, all the show. Number two, so he came for the sick, but number two, he also came for the searching. Really quick, let me just ask the question that he asked this young man, or this man. Do you want to get well? That seems like a harsh question to ask somebody who's not doing good. But he did it because this guy was searching. He was searching for help and healing, but he was looking at it, again, in the wrong place. Do you want to get well? I've, I've been in enough conversations I mean, I mean, listen, I've been in ministry since 2002, working full-time in some 
capacity, or part-time, full-time in, in, in church and ministries. That's a long time, in case you didn't know it. You, you kind of pick up a few things. You don't even have to be great. You pick up a few things after that long. And I have been in the room and watched and talked and listened. And you get to the same point every time. Do you want this to work? Do you want, you know, do, do you want her to stick with you? And won't answer the question. Just keeps blaming her. Yeah, but you don't understand. I say, yeah, I've heard all I want to hear from you, boss. Do you want her to stay with you? Because she's leaving, Jack. Yeah, but the, no, no, no. Do you want her to stay? Can't answer the question. Why? I don't know. I can't explain it for this guy, I, but I can tell you one thing. All of us at times, he's asking the same question. Do we want to be different? Do we want to change? Do we want to be well? And we might not be answering the question he's asking because we don't want to acknowledge maybe. Just a good thought to think about. Do you want to get well? And Jesus said this in this clip right here, the, the movie actor there, stop looking at the pool, look to me. I'm telling you, these little things in Christianity can get you pulled into stuff and you get your focus on those things more than the one who's greater than those things. And I'm not saying people can't be delivered by something. I'm saying it can't happen. That's great if it does. But what good does it do if I have all the fanfare if nobody changes? I mean, what, what good does it do? What, what, what does it matter? Oh, it was a meeting. Woo! Should have been there. Well, what happened? Oh, it was amazing. But did anybody get healed? I don't know. Anybody get saved? Don't think so. Oh, but it was awesome. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. Nothing wrong with having a good time. But if it starts becoming the focus that we start chasing, well, this thing has this. That thing has that. And this person, if I just get in the room, it's almost like the one with issue. If I could just be there, then I know. And you know, nothing wrong with saying stuff and praying and asking God for faith. And that's where your faith is. That's fine. But to build a theology on it and to build my faith on it is, is not proper. I can't build my faith on things that happen. Jesus said this, and I'll move on from this real quick. Jesus said, you've got to watch out for these things that people call signs, miracles, and wonders. Because there's some of them that aren't of the Lord. I'm just, you know, it's in the Bible. It's very clear. There are some things that will even fool, even if possible, the very elect of God. So the devil himself comes dressed like an angel of light. It's just some interesting thoughts, man. And all I'm saying is this. Please don't take it as like, oh, you don't believe in signs. No, I do. I'm just not going to build my life on a sign or a miracle or a wonder. I can't put my faith on one thing that happened in my life. I love, thank God for what God did for Haley. But I don't use that to go preach to other people. I can give an example. But I don't build their faith up with that because that's not, that's what happened for her. What does the Bible say to build their faith up in this area? That's where I have to go to. Y'all are getting me, right? Y'all understand? Okay, good. And the last thing is this. He also came for those who are striving. I almost put struggling but I didn't because of the word. You know, those who strive, 
when you read the story of this guy who was healed after this, he goes back to uh, the temple area, and these, uh, the, the Pharisees are questioning all these different things. And it is an interesting thing to look and wonder why he went after the Pharisees didn't like him anyway. Why would he go back to those guys? Like, why even get near them? I mean, they're the ones that didn't want him to be healed on the Sabbath because it's the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath day. Let's don't heal him. And I'm just saying, it's possible sometimes that even when God does great things for us, we're a bit consumed in, with this idea of striving for the Lord. You understand what I'm saying by the word strive? See, a struggle is this. A struggle is like, man, I'm trying to pick something up. Oh, I'm struggling. I can't pick it up. But striving, striving is like, it's not just I'm not trying to pick something up or I'm trying to pick something. Striving is more like I'm in a tug of war. I mean, one minute I th- I'm going to try and pick it up and then, no, no. What am I I'm going to try, no, no, no. It's what James called, calls uh, one who's, who's a bit divided and is tossed to and fro with the wave of the sea. And the scriptures say, let not that man think he shall receive anything from God. Striving. It's this thing of like, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But we go, yeah, Lord, but you don't understand my background. That's striving. It's when Jesus says, uh, when the scriptures give you this clear indication this, that, that he gave up the righteousness that he had of God. And he put that in you. You became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he became sin and was placed on a tree. And we go, uh-huh, yeah, but I don't feel righteous. That's called striving. That's called not accepting an, that Jesus and what he did was enough for us. So we go over here and we say, yeah, but, you know, that's not, that's called being tossed to and fro. And why do we do that? I'll tell you this morning. Because we don't believe sometimes that he's enough. That the work he did, the finished work of Jesus, and all that he did, that he gave, we hear it, I preach it, we read about it. But when the week gets started, all it takes is that one person that pulls out in front of us, and you didn't even mean to, you don't even use the word, it's not a part of your vocabulary, but all of a sudden it just came out before you even hit the horn. Beep! Ah! I need to look back and think, oh, did the kid hear that? No. But then you think, well, if I was, and the enemy will jump right on you too. Well, if you was really who you think you're a hot shot, you'd never said that. Listen to me. I'm not saying you ought to go around with a potty mouth. But if one slips out, the last thing you should do is now put a bunch of guilt and condemnation on you where you run from God, the best thing to do is stop and go, you know, Lord, <laughs> I know you heard that. No sense in acting like you didn't. I'm sorry. I don't know what and why or how, but God help me to please not say that again. Especially, I don't want my children to hear that. In Jesus' name. And love Jesus enough and trust The power of the cross and the gospel and the blood of Jesus is enough to just... 
consistently over your life. And not one little step and one little, little small, small thing where you fall down and you're like, oh man, it's, if one, your one little mess up is that big a deal that you can mess up the work of Jesus, I'm sorry, his work wasn't that great then. There's no way our little stumbles, oh, oh, is going to throw off the power and the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we have to believe. And it's hard. Listen, I'm not saying it's easy. It is hard sometimes to go back to him and say, you know, yes, this is me and you see it. God, help me to change. Because you're admitting that the pool's not working and I'm trying, but it's not working. So you got to admit, my methods and everything I'm doing is not. I need you, Jesus. And so this morning, I'm going to ask our worship team to come up and as, we, as they come up, we're going to pray and worship. And um, I want you to hear me right now. I can't answer this guy's question on why he's laying there. For, I don't, his situation's in there, but I don't know all of his whys. Just like I don't know all of your whys. And you don't know all of my whys. You don't know what I've seen, what I've heard, and what all I've been through. You may know some things, but you don't know everything. I don't know all of your stuff either. Here's what I will tell you, though. When it comes to whether it's physical healing spiritual healing and you say man pastor what's a spiritual healing what is that well you ever heard someone say i've been hurt in the church can't get over it well it's real but you gotta let the lord heal you of it you can't look at every guy that stands up in the pulpit or every woman that stands up in the pulpit and preaches his word and say well they're probably gonna hurt me too that's that's not gonna help yeah but you don't know what they did to me i sure don't I have no idea. But, but what I am going to tell you is God can help you and God can heal you of it. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, the Lord can do a great work. And I just want to tell you this morning, it's, it's not about you and I finding the, the magic lever. Man, if, oh, if I do it this way, then it's going to work. I'm not into magic levers. Three things you've got to do, and it's going to work. Yeah, well, that sounds real great. Come follow me in the hospitals and use it. Let's see what you do with it. I mean, just being real. I've seen miracles firsthand, okay? I'm not, I, I know God heals and he does miracles. But I'm just telling you, trying to pull the mag- magic lever doesn't always get the job done. And it especially isn't easy when you're doing the ministry and trying to help families and they've been told they can use a magic lever and it doesn't work. And here's what you deal with. On the back end of it is now it's worse than it was. Now they're, lack, now they're less, they believe less now because it didn't work then. You got what I'm saying? Let's just trust Jesus. Let's just trust that he's enough this morning. So would you pray with me right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you right now. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, we thank you that <clears throat> we thank you that you are enough for us. We thank you, Lord, that your blood covers a multitude of sins. Lord, that your your work was so great on that cross that God, we our stumblings and our mishaps and the things that we fall short on a consistent basis with, Lord, they don't they don't even pale in comparison to what you did for us. God, I want to thank you right now for your blood. Jesus, if you don't do another thing for us. 
If, there's not, if, if we don't get the thing that we've prayed for, and if you don't do one more thing for our lives, it was enough that you would die for our sins, shed your blood for us so that we might be redeemed from the work of the sin, the work of death, the work of destruction. So Lord, we come to you now and we just take a moment here with everybody in this room and just leaning in on you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd help people to understand and hear the words which I said that, uh, God, you wanted me to say, but God, if there's anything that, that, that I said that's not, I just pray in Jesus' name, help them to listen to your words, Lord. And right now as we are in this moment with you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would tug at hearts and you would speak to those in this room. And for those especially in this room right now, you need some form of healing. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. We're not looking to a method. We're not looking to a formula. We're not looking to some magic lever. We are simply saying to Jesus, you are enough for me. And I love you, Lord. So I want to pray for you with your eyes closed. No one's looking around. No one's going to call you out or embarrass you. But right where you are, you say, hey, Pastor Jody, would you pray for me? I one of two things. Maybe you need a healing in your life in some area where it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, um, whatever it might be. If that's you, what, no one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to, it's just me right now, okay? If that's you, but you say, hey, I, I, would you pray for some healing for me in these, one of these areas? Would you lift your hand? Just, I just want to pray for you. Got you. Okay. Just want to make sure I, sometimes, thank you, you can put them down. Sometimes, you know, when you're preaching, you think that's what you're supposed to do and you, well, maybe not. So I just, I want to check. So I'm going to pray for you, and then I specifically want to pray for uh, a couple of things as we pray. So would you just right there, the whole church, let's just, um, just an atmosphere of prayer. We're going to worship too, but let's, let's take a moment here and just pray uh, before the Lord. And I may lead you in a prayer or two here. And if you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to pray after that and, and lead the whole church to that. But right now specifically, these are areas of healing we're going to pray for, okay? So uh, dear Jesus, we come to you right now in the mighty name of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, you are the son of the living God. You are the anointing one, anointed one with the anointing that destroys every yoke, removes every burden. And so, Lord, right now we come before you and we ask you to walk through this room and put your hand on the shoulder of every individual in this room, Lord Jesus, that needs your touch. <clears throat> they just need your touch this morning, Lord. Lord, there's some in this room right now, they have emotional healing that needs to take place. And um, I hesitate to say this, but I'm going to say it because it's about the third time this keeps coming up in my heart. So please don't look right now. Just please keep your eyes closed right now. I don't think I've ever uh, prayed for this on church on Sunday morning, but I don't know who you are. I don't know what happened. But I'm going to say this as loud as I can, and you'll know. But some kind of abuse that took place and it wasn't just physical we got kids in the room so I'm trying to keep it very um, very bland here but you know what I'm talking about and you're in the room right now and I can't even imagine listen I just want I do not have any idea what that's like but I want to pray for you you don't, have to, you don't have to lift your hand or anything, but I just I know you're here, 
and listen to me. Um, I'm going to pray for you and I want you to hear this from someone to say, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Like that, it's not your fault. It shouldn't have happened. It was not of the Lord. It wasn't God's will, God's plan, any of those things. That was wrong and it needs to be said. And maybe you've never heard that before, but I feel like I needed to say that to you. So as we pray this morning, I don't know who you are, but the Lord had you here for a reason this morning. If just for this one thing that I'm supposed to say today, I know if there's anything I know I'm supposed to say today, this right here is, is 100%. I know I'm supposed to tell somebody this. So I'm going to pray for you. And I've, I'm going to do the best I can because I, don't, I, I do not know what it's like to be in your situation. But Jesus does and the Holy Spirit does. And he can comfort you right now. So dear Jesus, I come before you. And Lord, you prompted me to say this. So God, I, I do not know the details and Lord you can minister right now in ways that I'll never be able to Lord I'm asking you to move on this individual or individuals lives Holy Spirit that you would release them from this burden God you would free them from the the guilt or the shame that the enemy has put on them feeling like maybe it was something they did that caused this I just pray in Jesus name that you would deliver them Lord from the bondage of the enemy that has said they are broken and are not able to move forward in restoration. I'm just telling you, the, just from, I hesitate to say this any stronger. I'm just telling you the Holy Spirit wants you to know, you can be healed this morning. And he wants to heal you of that and set you free this morning from that thing. So in Jesus' name, I just speak over you healing and deliverance. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, we just rebuke the enemy. Let's try to control this. And in Jesus' name, we thank you for your healing touch right now, Lord. God, restore, give clarity of mind, of thinking, and remove the shame and the guilt and the shackles of that thing. In the name of Jesus, God. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. There's others of you in this room right here. I'm going to pray, but... Specifically, I just felt like that had to be prayed for specifically. But there are some of you in this room right now, man. You, you got stress. You got things going on that it's just looking at the pool. You're so busy looking at all that's going around you. Stop and look up at Jesus this morning. As we pray, just take a moment before the Lord and just say, God, I'm, I'm coming to you right now. And I am going to lay this down right here this morning. And I'm going to look to you for this situation. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we just pray for every healing that needs to take place in the room emotionally, mentally, physically, Lord, and spiritually. God, stress in the name of Jesus, we lay it down before you today. God, anxiety in Jesus' name, we lay it down before you this morning, and we look to you, Lord. We ask you to heal and to set free and to deliver, to heal the brokenhearted this morning. God, to set captives free, to remove any kind of addiction in the name of Jesus for those who want to be delivered from it. God, I thank you for moving by your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you help us to break off. If there's any kind of thing that is not of you this morning, whether it's something we heard, something we saw, some kind of story, or whatever, but it's nothing more than a pool that has become a superstition and just a talk. In Jesus' name, would you help us to put it down and pick it back up, Lord, our vision. Look at you, Jesus Christ, and not some circumstance that took place by someone else somewhere else some time ago. We just thank you for it, Lord. Now, if you're here this morning, we're going to pray this together out loud with your eyes closed. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, we want to pray for you right now. 
And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. The Bible says if a person believes with their heart, confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe that Jesus died and was resurrected from the death, from the grave, and he, he saves you, he redeems you, he shed his blood for you. If you believe that, and it's, the scriptures tell us to believe this with your heart, but you've got to confess this with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So we're going to do that right now together. whole church is going to pray with you. You won't be by yourself. So let's all do this together. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I give you my life, and I give you my heart. I give you everything, Lord. I surrender 100%. Nothing is off limits. In Jesus' name, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Amen, amen, and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? So proud of you this morning. So listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song of worship, and then Gary's going to come and close out at the end. But we're going to have our prayer ministry team. So those of you on our prayer ministry team, I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. And please don't leave right now unless you just, like, I mean, you just have to. Like, if it's like i got to let the cat out, that's not necessary. If, like, your kids are calling you, like, I'm hungry, you know, okay, well. But if it's an emergency, I understand. But if you don't have to be anywhere in the next five minutes, just hang tight. Seal that prayer up with some worship, okay? So let's all stand together. And our, our worship team is going to come. I mean, our, our prayer team will be down front. Not them. They will stay. Please don't leave. So, but they'll be down here. If you need prayer for anything or you prayed to receive Jesus, would you please come tell one of these individuals this morning? Or maybe you need prayer about something we did not pray for. This is your chance. And please don't feel like, well, if I come down there, are people going to see me? Every one of them, every one of these individuals have prayed for me at some point in time. And I'm not ashamed. I don't, I'm glad to tell you that. Lord knows I need it. So if you need prayer for anything, Take this time as we sing and worship God. Come down front during worship and let, let's, let's take a time of prayer. If not, let's just worship God in this next song. Thank you, Lord. There is victory in this place today. I tell you that. There is victory in this place today. I don't know who you were that Pastor Jody was praying for, but we declare victory in your situation. And I tell you what, if after service you want to come up and pray with one of these folks, tell them, These folks have no superpowers. They're super people, but they believe in a super God, don't they? They believe in Jesus, and that's what's important. And the Word says if two or three gather and and agree on something together, it will be done. So that's why we pray after service up here. So make yourself available. Come on up for these folks. They'll be here after service. I want to remind you a couple things before you go. Um, There's a lot of ways you can give here and support the local church Uh, You can give online. You can drop money in the offering boxes on the way out. You can text to give. They're all different kind of ways. If you want to give money, we'll figure out a way to let you do that, okay? It's a privilege and an honor to do that. I want to remind you also about uh, Catch the Vision, which is next week. If you're new here and you want to find out what's going on, you can scan the QR code or you can talk to somebody out at the Information Center as well. Um, pray for me today. I feel a real heaviness. My wife and I are going out to work. We work out at Windshape Retreat. And um, there's couples coming today that need healing in their marriage. We're, we've the privilege of having three couples that we're going to take care of for the next four days. Um, broken marriages that need healing. The pastor was talking about healing today. It's not just a physical healing. Sometimes it's relationships that need healed between a husband and a wife, between a, a a parent and a child, 
um, that need healing. So today, pray for us as we're out there if you think of that. I just have a real heaviness today about the couples that were that are coming there today. So we pray for healing for those folks today. Um, as always, we're going to send you out with the blessing out of numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you. These folks will be up here after service. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.